Uh, so we're continuing our sermon series on rest, uh, and everywhere around in, the, in our culture, there's this, uh, these reminders of how you measure up or how you don't measure up. Maybe the, the car you drive or uh, the, the house you live in or whatever, the clothes you wear, uh, and it's my prayer that in this sermon you would see that in God's love you don't need to measure up to it. Uh, so God, open your word to us through this reading. Okay, I'll be the narrator and the father. This is Luke 15, verses 11 to 32. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger son said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he's, he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all that he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare, and here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. And he ran to his son and he threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and he is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard the music and the dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him, What is going on? Your brother has come, the servant said, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who I has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him? My son, the father said, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad, because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. 
Thank you, Brandon Jeff. So this passage is kind of confusing because you have this, this son who uh, is a bad son. He's failed. Uh, and he's brought in. And then you have this good son who's done everything right. And he's left on the outside. And the good guys, the good guys out, the bad guys in, and the parable ends, and we don't really know what ever happens to the older son. We we don't know. Uh, it's 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 kind of a cliffhanger. That Jesus, eh? Gives us a cliffhanger. Uh, so we're we're gonna look first at the heart of the older brother. What what really was going on there? All those years of slaving. And then then we're gonna look at the heart of the younger brother. And then we're going to look at the heart of the father. So first, the heart of the older brother. But I want to ask you a question. Uh, when it comes to your church, oh, this is going to get really personal. Don't say any names out loud. When it comes to your church or your workplace, uh, visualize someone who just gets under your skin a little bit, just a little bit. Uh, or maybe your family or maybe your neighborhood. Think of someone who kind of, they almost don't quite measure up for you, uh, but you, you struggle with them. They, they disturb you a bit. Can you picture this person? Uh, it, it could be a family member. It could be anyone. Uh, who really disturbs this older brother? His younger brother. His younger brother, he goes off and he disregards the family name. He smears the family name. He completely... Uh, kind of destroys the family business by forcing his dad to sell off so much of their assets. He diminishes the family's wealth. Uh, this older brother, uh, really the guy who gets under his skin, is his younger brother. Our text says, uh, for all these prostitutes and wild living, uh, the older brother knows, he knows that he has a right to be offended. He knows that he himself would never do anything like what that younger brother did. Uh, he says, let that pain in the butt punk kid eat the pig's slop. That's his stance. Uh, and that, that issue of superiority, uh, it, it doesn't only exist in this character. When we read Scripture, we see that that older brother heart is in each one of us. Uh, the, to the question, am I my brother's keeper? The older brother heart is, nope, <laughs> nope. That kid, he can, you know, actions have consequences. Uh, and so, he, in, in a sense, the older brother, he kind of, he excludes himself from the community of sinners because that, that's where that younger brother is, not, not him. He would never do anything like that. Here's a question. At the village church, are we our brother's keeper? Are we our brother's keeper? Any thoughts? Actually, like I'm actually asking. Any thoughts? Are we our brother's keeper? Yeah. Yeah, we are our brother's keeper. At the village church, we have this, this tagline. You've all... Well, Spilt my water. Uh, here to serve. That's our, 
Like, we're here to serve our, our, our younger brother. Uh, but that's a lot easier said than done. Uh, this past week in our missional family, we were just talking, and Darlene started talking about her, uh, her neighbors, her neighborhood, and how she has uh, a needle sharing, a needle, needle providing program right next door to her. And I kind of had a sense of that, because when I was helping move her in, I was looking around, and there was a some people kind of sitting around them. I went to make sure my car door was locked. <laughs> I could just say, just saying. And so the other day, her neighbor comes up to her and says, and shows her a video uh, on the phone. And it's a video of someone kind of twitching out, uh, like right on the property. And, uh, and Darlene's telling this story, and, and Jeff says, hey, let's throw a barbecue for them. <laughs> And I'm thinking, hey, let's not. <laughs> and, but I, I, like, I, I don't want to go out to those people I, in that moment. I mean, because they, they won't receive our service properly. They won't really receive it, the sacrifice that we would do. And uh, you know what? The government can take care of them, right? Uh, and, who gets under your skin to the point where you can kind of say, you know what, the government can take care of them. <laughs> uh, that's that older brother mindset. Am I my brother's keeper? No. So point number one, get over your offense at the younger brother. Get over your offense at the younger brother and confess your older brother heart of superiority. So the heart of the older brother. Uh, there, there's a newspaper uh, article that went out, uh, and it, it asked a question anyone could, anyone could respond to. It. And the big question was, what's wrong with the world? And uh, if this question were to be posed today, you know, you could have uh, some very sophisticated responses, and you could have some really simple ones. You could have kind of the polarizing that we have today. So the environmentalists would say, what's wrong with the world? It's the Hummer drivers, right? That's what's wrong with the world. Or the, the traditionally minded would say it's those feminists. Or uh, the Canadians would say it's Donald Trump. <laughs> or, or the Americans would say it's Russia. That's what it is. It's those Russians. Who knows, right? Um, this, this Catholic uh, writer, G.K. Chesterton, he said, Dear sirs, I am yours sincerely, G.K. Chesterton. So what's wrong with the world? Dear sirs, I am. Sincerely yours, G.K. Chesterton. Uh, do you see your own heart? Uh, let's, I just kind of want to pray for a second here. Jesus, help each one of us to see our own hearts. Help us to love our little brothers who get under our skin not with a posture of superiority, but with a posture of love, sincere love. We ask that you would do what we can't do on our own. Amen. So the older brother looked down on rather than out for his younger brother. Now let's look at the younger brother's heart. Uh, his, uh, he says uh, to his dad, give me what's mine. Uh, in this culture, the inheritance would not be given out 
until the patriarch had passed away. That's the way it worked, right? And so one commentator said, to ask for the inheritance from the father while he was still alive was to wish him dead. That's, that's what it was. Uh, so sons don't ask for this. Uh, it would have meant a much bigger deal than it, than it was today. It would have meant selling the, the land, right? And the land was, was the livelihood of the family. So the, the son is asking his, his dad to tear his life apart in a lot of ways. Uh, and the, a lot of dads in this culture, like, they would have just <laughs> beat their kid out of that. Like, who do you think you are? Uh, but what does the dad do? He gives. Uh, soon enough, the younger brother, what happens? He's starving. He's desperate. Uh, so he comes up with a plan. I'm going to go up to my dad, and I'm just going to be a hired man. I put on my work hat, and I'm going to just earn my place back into the family. He does not expect... He does not expect to go back as a son. He expects to earn his way back in. But before he even gets to share his plan, he receives his father's warm embrace. Uh, This past week, while you were a long way off, in some way, doing something, some way, while you were a long way off, maybe feeling like you didn't measure up, Um, I I want you to know that your father didn't need to hear your story. He just comes to you this morning with his embrace. The father didn't even hear his son's story. The son knew he didn't measure up. His heart was, his, his heart was rejected. He just owned this rejection. Um, The gospel is none of that. Um, that kind of, you know, my story makes me not good enough. I'm disqualified somehow. Uh, even when we sin, especially when we sin, uh, we don't need to fear what God thinks of us. Um, We've looked at the heart of the older brother, the heart of the younger brother. I want to talk about the heart of the father. The father's heart compels him to action. Uh, So when you look at this text, the father goes out and he goes after the younger brother, the younger son, right? So uh, we, we can't really appreciate this, but the father actually runs after this brother while he's still a long way off he sees him he runs after him and in that culture men would wear these big robes right and so this this man is wearing this big robe and he would have to lift it and expose his legs and run right and that's something women would do and that's something that maybe young children would do but that's not something that a dignified father would do he would sit back on his throne right or his you know his in his man cave, whatever that is, uh, and he would wait for his son to come to him. But he runs out, and what does he say? He says, take my best robe and put it on him. Not, get this kid a bath. Someone just get this kid a bath, right? No, get my best robe and put it on him. 
That's the father's heart for this son. But then there's this party being thrown, right? Uh, and the proudest day of the father, his, his lost son has come home. But the elder son, he can't enjoy it. He doesn't go to the party. He doesn't even go. He disgraces his dad on, his, on this huge day of celebration, and he doesn't go. Uh, this would have been the highest disgrace to his father, not showing up. He's bitter, he's angry. He's not attending the party. What does the father do? Same thing he did with the younger son. He goes out to him, and he pleads with him. The same thing, that same heart and the older son says, I've earned my place at the table. This kid did not. And you're throwing a party for him. And the sad story is, even with the older, even with the father's pleading, we don't even know what happens to this older, this older son. Um, we don't know if dad gets through to him. The end. Um, when... Jesus tells uh, this story. He's telling it to older brothers. Uh, he's telling it to the religious leaders, the pastors of the day. Uh, because, why? Because he hasn't given up on them. He hasn't given up on them. Uh, he creates in them this longing for a true older brother who would actually go out to his younger brother. Uh, what would a true older brother have done? He would have gathered all that he needed. And at his own cost, he would have went after his younger brother. Uh, he would have spent his resources. He would have done what it takes to get his younger brother home. Uh, in this story, the younger brother needed a true older brother, and he didn't have one. Uh, Jesus is a true older brother that came after you and came after me. While we were lost, while we were a long way off, he came and he pursued us and has brought us into the family. And so whether you find yourself with this older brother heart this morning, whether you find yourself with the younger brother heart this morning, you have a father whose love is unfailing towards you. In Psalm 51, uh, it's kind of David's confession psalm after he uh, took another man's wife and then had him killed. And what does, what does David say in approaching his God? He says, because of your unfailing love, blot out my transgressions. Because of your heart, I know your heart, I know your goodness, blot out my transgressions. Uh, Jesus paid the debt that you and I Oh, uh, that's why we're taking communion. That's why we're celebrating. We're celebrating that he didn't spare any expense. Uh, he sought us out at his expense. And on the cross, Jesus said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? On the cross, Jesus was treated not like a son, so that you and I could be brought in and treated like sons and daughters of the King. Uh, let's pray. God, your love is hard for us to understand. Um, 
Uh, we, we don't quite accept it or rest in it like we sh- could maybe. We still kind of feel like we need to measure up. Pray for each heart this morning that they would understand in a fresh way, uh, in a fresh way, your unfailing love, your pursuing love. Through Christ, I pray this. Amen.